Today, I speak with someone who's finished up her 14 days of hotel curfew and back home and back to work on her online business and taking some quality time out to speak with us. Everybody, let's welcome to the show, Teresa Tiong. Teresa, welcome. Hi, Manoj. It's really nice to, um, to speak with you. Pleasure is all mine. Before we start speaking about your adventures in a hotel and things that led up to it, can you tell me how you pronounce the name of your business? Is it a French okay. name? It is, yes. Um, so I have um, an online jewelry business and it's called Au Revoir Les Filles. So it means um, goodbye goes in French. <laughs> and the reason being was that uh, because I actually studied fashion design in Paris and there's a little story behind the name. So we had a class full of girls. Um, so I was studying at um, Esmont in Paris and uh, we had a class full of girls. And at the end of every class, my tutor, Maria, she would go, au revoir les filles, goodbye girls. So that's where the name comes from. Um, I actually <laughs> studied French. When I was in school, I took up French as one of my one of my subjects and I was mesmerized because first, it was the first time I've had um, a tutor, a teacher from an international location. She was from Algeria, I think. And um, she brought in all these textbooks in French. And I was so mesmerized because I've never seen textbooks of that quality. And you open the page and, you know, Nous avons and Vous avez. And uh, the whole book was based around French lifestyle, people on bicycles and caps and Eiffel Towers. And I've never traveled overseas before and I used to have such great time studying French and the the scoring of that subject was out of 50 and I got 49.5 oh that's very good (laughs) but I gave it up uh, at the end of the year and I took up Japanese after that Um, but I left the Japanese class after two weeks so since then I haven't learned any language but um, but I thought it was a great, interesting name, and we'll we'll talk about it a little bit uh, later. Let's come back to the topic of uh, of today, uh, the reason why we're together. Can you tell us were you actually stranded overseas? Uh, did you go on a holiday or something? Or uh, no, so I uh, I was born in Singapore. And uh, most of my family um, still resides in Singapore. So twice a year, I go back to Singapore to visit my family, catch up with friends. Um, And it just so happened this time when I was back, um, the COVID-19 situation escalated really quickly in Australia. So um, before I had left Sydney, things were still all right. But literally, like, as soon as I landed in Singapore, you know, one or two days later, then uh, the number of cases in Australia shot up. Uh, they started to uh, implement isolation. And I was following the news um, while I was back in Singapore. And I was, like, wondering whether I was going to be able to come back to Australia because measures, it seemed like they were implementing new measures every day. So mm-hmm. by the time, so, like, um, I think I spent about two weeks in Singapore and then um, I finally managed to get a flight back to Sydney. Um, the original one that I was on was cancelled because they right. had um, stopped quite a lot of airline flights at that time. But I managed to get um, another one. And so when I came back, um, it was pretty much the first day of the hotel quarantine. I think uh, it was a little bit nerve-wracking um, trying to like find a flight back to Sydney because a lot of the, because I flew with Singapore Air, but um, they had, because they had cancelled quite a lot of their flights, so there was people calling into their head office trying to get a new flight, and um, it was a little bit hard to get a hold of 
uh, a customer representative to help me. But um, finally, we went to the airport, you know, being quiet at the um, SIA, um, the Singapore Airlines um, desk there, and then managed to find um, an alternate flight. So thank God for that. Yeah, yeah. So when you when you landed, um, how was the mood in the flight? Was was it just like normal, or was it all different from your previous trips? Were people more nervous, or I think everyone was keeping their distance. But then the flight was only ten percent full, so I think it was like the most empty flight. Um, Did I've you get seen. an upgrade? Did you ask for oh, an the, upgrade? The, the, I don't know. No, I no, I didn't actually, um, because. Um, uh, I just didn't want to hassle like, you know, the airline um, stewardess anymore. And besides, I, everyone had like a whole role to themselves, you know, if they wanted to. So it, it was already very comfortable. Teresa, when your flight's 10% full, you ask for an upgrade. <laughs> they will give it to you. <laughs> I got it once and it was, it was so beautiful. Not, not the yeah. Singapore one, but a domestic flight. I just asked, uh, is the flight full? Um, not really. Can I get an upgrade if you don't mind? And she said, yeah, sure. Were you the only one kind of going through that uh, problem amongst your family and friends? Or were there others in Singapore who had also maybe traveled with you or they, they had gone on their own holidays and they were finding it tough to come back? And were you all keeping in touch and networking and creating plans together? Or was it I think um, it was only me because I was the only one that was flying back. Um, I knew that um, at that time, Singapore was also implementing the um, hotel quarantine um, measures already. So um, I had actually looked up, I think um, there was a blog on Twitter um, about a guy who was spending his hotel quarantine at the Stanford Raffles Hotel in Singapore. So I was just reading that, just to try and get an idea of what my hotel quarantine um, experience in Sydney will be like. I, I know it's going to be very different because it's different countries, different hotels, but just to get an idea of what to expect. Right. So now you've landed in, um, in Australia and how was it at the airport? Was it a special, um, special arrangements there for people coming back? How did you actually make that journey to the to the hotel um so when we just before we landed so uh on the flight there was an announcement saying that if you are suffering from any kind of symptoms like uh you know like a sore throat cough or runny nose you should actually let the um uh the air crew know about this so because i had um a slight flu so i told them about it and uh when we landed they actually got a quarantine stuff so she was all um dressed up in the blue um i think hazmat suit you know with like a face mask on so she actually came in and um asked me some questions uh just to make sure that everything was all right and when we entered the airport um it was very quiet we all had to wait queue up for quite a long time uh to go through immigration there was like police security everywhere uh, it actually looks a little bit like one of the like one of the movies, you know, like about um, contagion, you know, like one of those movies. Like seriously, um, just a lot of security everywhere, and we all had to get our temperature screen. And the ones that had like um, a raised temperature, they had to be um, taken off to a different section to get um, tests for the COVID nineteen taken. And for me, because I did exhibit some symptoms. Um, I did take the test as well. And so I was separated from the other travelers on the same flight um, and taken instead to hospital hotel that is manned by um, 
RPA staff. So that's the Royal Prince Alfred Hospital. Right. So they took you in a completely different transport. There were buses and cars, whatever, organized and drove you there. Uh, yeah, well, I was, I think me and another family, we were on our own, but then uh, we were given separate uh, separate transportation. So I was taken into like, uh, I think it was a car that was driven by the New South Wales Ambulance Services, I think. Right. Yeah, so I was on my own because they didn't want me with other people. Whereas I think I assume the other travelers on the flights who probably didn't have any symptoms, they were probably all together in a bus. I always wondered, you know, what if you're a person who had special dietary requirements or, uh, you know, I know people who, who can't just eat any hotel food. They need a specific type. I know people with uh, religious backgrounds who have a particular food type. I know people who, who can't take restaurant or hotel food. They have to cook themselves. And I was wondering how, how do, how are they looked after? And I actually tweeted the, um, if you look in my Twitter stream, I actually asked uh, New South Wales health, Victoria health, all the state health departments, uh, what is your plan in, in in looking after people who have special dietary requirements and have to stay 14 days in a hotel? Nobody got back. So you, Teresa, you tell me, did they ask you at all? Do you have any uh, special diet? When we, we were given a choice of uh, meals that we could pick from. So there was... I think there was like Spanish chicken, there was um, beef cafters, um, there was vegetarian, there was um, a gluten-free option as well. Um, so, But for me, I didn't actually have special needs. So for me, that was all right. But I can probably imagine it would be really hard for somebody who does actually have special needs. Um, if they couldn't get it out of the hotel food, then it might be something that they might actually have to order, um, you know, like outside food and get it delivered, I guess, to the hotel. Oh, right. So you can get food delivered from your favorite restaurants or from grocery grocery chains? For me, I could. But my hotel is different from other hotels. I think I have um, seen some news articles where some travelers, they said that they weren't allowed to order um, their own food. So um, I guess every hotel is different. So I'm not quite sure, you know, what their conditions are like. So you were the lucky pampered group of people. To be honest, I think I considered myself, I think, quite uh, lucky, yeah. So now they've escorted you to your room, the door shuts. What happens? 14 days. It's not going to go quick. That's what I think. But what did you do? 14 days, you can't step out. You can't meet uh, No I, one can I, come and meet you. Uh, no one can come and uh, meet me. Yes, yeah, so I, I, I can't uh, meet people. But actually, for me, um, I was staying at the Merchant Hotel in Summerhill. So it's like a little boutique hotel. They've got, I think, about 50 uh, rooms. Actually, they're not really rooms. They're more like apartments. Uh, it comes with like, there's like laundry, there's like a kitchen, there's like a bedroom and a living. So it's not really like a hotel room. It's it's more sort of like a lived-in apartment, I think. And uh, so it's quite wow. spacious. Yeah, so it's actually quite spacious. And um, I was lucky because they actually had a courtyard in the middle of their hotel. If we ask for uh, permission uh, with the nurse and if we put on um, a face mask, we can actually go outside for walks every day. You were lucky because I looked at some photos, uh, again, on Twitter and elsewhere, people, there were some trending, I think it was called Hotel Quarantine or something, AU. And my goodness, they were just, some of them didn't have anything. It was just a bedroom um, and a toilet and they had windows that can't be opened. So they had to spend 14 days in that kind of environment. So obviously you had a, a, sli- a pretty good scenario, but still, was it difficult? What did you do? You had 
what 10 12 hours in the day tell us what you what you, how did you pl- what was your plan of attack you look like <laughs> someone who you know you're an entrepreneur and uh, you would have thought about all these things right rows and columns excel sheets days activity time is that right i actually work from home um as well on my online business so it actually wasn't that big of a difference from my normal day to day life i had my laptop with me so um you know i could still um i i could still work and um uh so it actually was all right uh, i exercised uh, actually to be honest the first few days um i was actually because i had the flu so i just rested and um it was good for me because all the meals were provided for me i didn't have to cook or anything so for me i felt it was um very comfortable and then after that when i was um well then you know i started working i read quite a bit i also um exercised quite regularly and uh one of the things that was quite cool about the hospital hotel was that they gave us um like a mini little um art project to do so um they gave us like a piece of linen with some thread and needle and we could do like a little um hand stitch uh hand sewing like you know project and uh the aim of that was just to encourage patients in isolation to do something creative during the time and once you finish with the project you could take a photo of it and upload it onto their virtual gallery and see what other people who are in isolation have done so so I thought that was pretty cool yeah and and i read uh, about that particular activity um on your blog page so on your website <laughs> when i read through it i just felt okay this person is so calm <laughs> this person is so calm in a hotel quarantine and you looked very peaceful i, I mean from that article you seemed very peaceful uh you mentioned that you did exercise that's something i'm struggling with because when when there was no such isolation i would walk i would walk mm-hmm. home from work so that's an hour of walk so my favorite exercise is walking and now i don't do walking and i'm just not inspired or maybe i'm just lazy i don't know to do any exercise i have an app on my phone that you know uh, chris hemsworth he has some he has an app i forgot him the name center and you know i have that app i paid for it but can't do it so how did you get motivated to do exercise is it something you just had for the isolation or did you always uh, had that exercise it's so I'll, it was something that i do because i already work from home so i have like certain like mm. a certain morning routine that i do in order to get myself motivated to work um because i guess working from home it's quite different to when you actually employed by someone else you know you go into an office there is like a structure and you have people mm. you know your employers that you are accountable to and so i find you know it um is a lot easier to work like that but when you're working for yourself when you're working from home if you don't have a routine your day will just be like so unstructured you know it could start it might not start you know you get um sidetrack i don't know watching youtube so i find for me i guess exercising in the morning um so in the mornings i normally either go for a walk outside it's something that i am used to and if i don't do that then i actually exercise in the morning so that was something that i did in quarantine as well so to be honest it, like like i said it wasn't actually that much different to um me working you from know, home you didn't have to cook did you have to clean your own room did they sense did. did they do your laundry no we have a washing machine 
Um, but because um, the staff, um, we were not we're supposed to like minimize contact because at that time we still weren't sure if you know we have been infected with the virus. So the whole point of it was that we have to minimize contact with the staff with everyone else that's living there. So only one person can walk in the courtyard. Uh, actually, one or two people can walk in a courtyard at the time. Did your family? call you every day and say are you okay are you suffering oh uh, we do like video chats um regularly yeah me and my friends as well i think you have to because otherwise it's just too too hard and too isolating what took you to watching dance is that something you enjoyed did you dance in your room if i wasn't a designer i think i would love to be a dancer <laughs> so uh so so i guess uh for me i think um uh dancing is a great exercise because um I think it combines uh, creativity, uh, you know, while you're working out, you know, when you're dancing, you're always happy, you know, there's music, um, That's you true. can, yeah, you can move in any way, you know, um, it, it's very free form. Um, uh, I think that's why, like, to be honest, dancing is my favorite exercise. As I went through your article, you also mentioned two other uh, activities. One was yoga and the other one was uh, meditation, right? When I was younger, I hated to stretch like I found it incredibly painful um could never touch my toes tried ballet hurt like hell uh, but I think as I get older uh, and especially when you do exercise um as well you find that your joints get a little bit stiffer with each year that goes by I started to stretch um, a lot more, I think, in the last few years. And um, once a week, I do Bikram yoga as well, which unfortunately right now all the studios are closed. Yeah, but um, I do stretch, I think, once or twice a week in my room. And I just literally put on my AirPods on, put on some music uh, and just, um, yeah, just try and be a little bit more flexible. And I find it helps. Um, it complements dancing, I think, as an exercise. I've done the physical yoga, the Ashtanga yoga. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've always wanted to try that. Yeah, I I did it. I practiced it for quite a while. Then I moved on to another form uh, of yoga that's based a little more on the philosophy side and a little, little bit on service and things like that. But I used to do the uh, Ashtanga yoga and I used to struggle in some of the poses that you easily did and posted on your Twitter, uh, on your Twitter profile, in your Twitter stream as well. Um, so I thought, oh, well, she's, she's, she's an entrepreneur. Um, she's happy in a quarantine and she's a yoga expert. I'm <laughs> not a yoga expert. No, 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 no way. No. And what about meditation? Um, was there something you picked specifically during quarantine or how did that come into your life? Um, I picked it up actually, uh, last year, but I only started doing it regularly early this year. So, um, probably like, a, like early this year before I, flew to Singapore. So it was actually quite timely, I think, for me, because I think being in quarantine or even just in isolation, like right now, sometimes it can feel restless, you know, or you can get like very easily bored by not going out, you know, not being stimulated. And I find meditation is a great way for me to just calm my energy and my mind and just make me be a bit more grateful for the things that I do have rather than the things that I don't. How did you come to that conclusion about meditation uh, to be grateful? I think for me, like having my um, own business, um, 
I can actually suffer from quite a bit of like um, anxiety and stress. And oftentimes I feel um, I get overwhelmed very easily because uh, I'm just trying to do so many different parts of the business. Um, whereas before I was just a designer, so I just would design. But now I'm doing like the design, the sales, the social media, the finance, you know, I'm doing the website by myself, like the IT customer service. So it can get quite um, overwhelming. So, um, I tried meditation last year because I was trying to find something, a way to like, just calm myself down, uh, and not think too much. And, um, it took a little bit of time, but I find just like 10 minutes of meditation every day just helps me set an intention for being a little bit less reactive throughout the day and just to be a bit more focused and calm. So, um, just on that meditation part again, because it's a topic that that interests me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, how, I mean, of course, one thing that you learned was being grateful. But mm. while in the process of meditating, I assume your your the meditation you're focusing on is you know sitting in a quiet place, closing your eyes, focusing on breathing. Do you find your mind is getting restless in the beginning before you have to you know kind of control it? Yes, it, it, it was very, very restless, I think, uh, in the be- uh, beginning. And that's why I think it took me quite a bit of time before I was able to commit myself to doing it every day. Uh, what I liked about it, to be honest, is finding, I think, the peace. Like just not having to think so much all the time at one time, but rather just trying to focus on my breath, like breathing in, breathing out. And I think when you're doing that and then you realize it's so peaceful and that that for me is actually what I'm very grateful for. Yes, I think what happens with us is we are so caught up with our life. The the moment you wake up till the time you go to bed and that will not on time, uh, your body is just working and working and working. And think about it, your sight, your breathing, your speaking, your hearing, your respiratory system, circulatory system, whatnot, whatnot, whatnot. And just by closing your eyes, millions and millions of impressions that the eyes have to gather is shut. That itself, you know, uh, makes your body peaceful. And the second thing that I've read about um, in some of the science magazines, uh, science articles is uh, humans are not breathing properly anymore uh, because they're always in anxiety. Um, So when you're in anxiety, the body breathes quicker. You know, it's, it's a quicker type of breathing. And people are not breathing sufficiently enough oxygen in and not sufficiently letting out of, of the carbon dioxide. It's all so quick because our whole life is so busy, right? You know, you start your life on Monday and then you're waiting to get to Friday and then you collapse on the weekend. And then it's the same thing over and over again. So what meditation does is just even with that breathing, when you fill your lungs slowly with um, sufficient amount of air, you hold it there for a few seconds and you let go you find, looking at it from biology perspective, you know, you have all that oxygen, beautiful oxygen that's come into your body and the body's going, I wanted this all my life. Where has it been? <laughs> uh, and I, I agree that especially those, not just entrepreneurs, but even those nine to five kind of people, even athletes, everyone should be doing meditation because it's you telling your body, take a break. And you find yourself far more uh, energetic and far more focused. And do you know, Teresa, the best time to do meditation? Trivia. Well, I do it in the morning, but I don't actually know when the best time is. You are correct. It is in the morning. 
But as, as per the as per yoga text, the best time to do meditation is an hour before sunrise or an hour after sunrise, because those two times are very conducive for um, any meditation, yoga, spiritual activities. Because the whole atmosphere is peaceful, and then yeah. it's so easy for your body to to get in rhythm uh, with the nature. So uh, I know some people, you know. Uh, they have so much noise around them. You know, the TV is still on, the mobile phone's going, going on. No, you got to shut yourself. It's like an isolation. It's a, uh, it's a forced isolation as well. And that's what I've learned during this period. Because I find that I'm a lot more peaceful compared to my work days, where I have to get up and I have to cook and I have to catch the transport and run to work and then meetings, 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 phone calls, phone calls. But now, I just have all this time to to focus on. Uh, to focus on meditation. So it's great you did meditation because of all the people that I was reading through in that stream, no one actually mentioned uh, meditation. So, <laughs> so, I thought, so I thought that was good. Uh, well done. And I hope you continue that, that activity. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I actually, I actually, it's something I do every day. And to be honest, I know that I think meditation has, um, I mean, it's always existed before, you know, especially, um, you know, in India, you know, for like thousands of years. But I think it's only recently in the Western world where it's actually gained a lot of popularity recently. So I'm actually glad that um, there is this like resurgence into this ancient, you know, like um, way of relaxing our minds. Um, so, yeah, I think it's great. And you also mentioned that uh, you had quite a few other things happening. You had uh, you were writing a diary or was that someone else? Were you writing oh, a diary? I was writing the Doing... blog. Oh, the blog. That's right. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> um, you were also watching, uh, you were also reading books. And you were reading a book that I read three, four years ago, The 4-Hour Workweek. Yes. Why that book? Why that book? I'm trying to... And I'm trying to think where I got the... I think I was um, listening to some podcasts... Uh, and one of them had uh, mentioned Tim Ferriss and his book. And then so I thought, oh, maybe I should give that a goal and just to try reading it. And it turned out to be so interesting and it just um, completely blew my mind. Did you find that it was motivating you to do stuff, but you're now stuck in a hotel and you have to wait, what, another seven, eight days, whatever, to get out and do it? Uh, no, I think for me it was all right because I am already doing something that I find is like quite challenging with my um, business. So I'm probably not trying to uh, like change my life in a very uh, dramatic way. Whereas I think um, his uh, book was more about, uh, you know, how you can, you know, find your sort of like ideal like life, I think, but, you know, like try and work uh, remotely instead of, um, you know, like going into the office every day, whereas I was really like, you know, working from home. So I think for me, it was just, um, I was more interested in his way of thinking outside the box. So for me, that was very interesting, like, you know, finding a new way of working, like, you know, like working remotely instead of going to the office, how to tackle your email, how to like batch tasks, um, you know, the books that he, um, he reads, you know, that, that was something that was very, I think, interesting to me. Yeah, and he also talks about uh, having your own remote receptionist who can take mm-hmm. care of a lot of your work. So yeah. maybe, maybe you have such a person already. But I thought that was uh, <laughs> that was an interesting one. On this hotel quarantine thing, um, mm-hmm. when I first heard about it, I was like, no, you can't do this to people. You're, this is like putting people in a, in a cage. 
Um, how can you put people in a in a room with no windows, no fresh air, just air conditioned? It's, they might as well be on a cruise ship. At least there they can step out and get some fresh air. I still feel like that. I still feel it's not... I feel they could have been put in a serviced apartment or they could have put them in somewhere else. So I know you've had a... You're one of those who had a very positive experience, but do you agree with me that perhaps hotel quarantine is just too strict, stuck in one room, because you can't be in the toilet all the time, stuck in one room with no windows? Yeah, um, I think it would probably have been more ideal if I think maybe people were allowed to maybe take walks outside of their rooms or if there was maybe like a specially enclosed area, you know, sort of like the courtyard, you know, where, um, which was situated in uh, my hotel where they could actually, you know, like go for walks. I think it would elevate a lot of the um, frustration. I do, however, think that it was necessary because the government had actually introduced self-isolation, but the fact that people didn't actually stick to it, that was the reason why they had to do the hotel quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so if people were like, you know, if people could actually, um, you know, do the self isolation, you know, without, um, breaking the rules, then we probably wouldn't need to have the hotel quarantine. Yeah. So you feel, you feel what you're saying is there was no option, but the government had to do it. Uh, do you think the government could have possibly had another method of quarantining people who are coming from overseas, perhaps? Like I said, perhaps um, perhaps have a serviced apartment maybe or I don't know. I, yeah, I think it was just because there were so many. This, um, I don't know how many people came in. I wasn't sure if they were able to find that many service apartments because that would obviously require a lot more space. Whereas um, like the hotels they have rooms which were not being used. They had services, you know, which could, I guess, in a way, take care of uh, the cust, you know, of the um, travelers that were coming in. Um, it is, it is hard that you know that you you can't go out. You know that you have to stay in a room like you know without windows and everything. And I I I do you know appreciate how lucky I am, and I do understand like how it can be really hard for some other travelers. To be honest, I don't know if there was any other way. Um, and also looking at other countries as well, that was what the, I think those were the most um, common measures that most countries took. Like, I mean, Singapore, many other countries implemented um, self-isolation and hotel quarantine. And yeah. if it means that less people were infected, if it means less people dying, then I don't know, I guess, it's, you know, in a, way, well, in a way, I guess we have to measure up, you know, the... yeah. The pros and cons. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I can. I mean, I knew as well. Yeah, what could the government do? You have like seven thousand people coming in over a few days, and the risk. Um, the highest number of cases were coming from returning uh, travelers, returning residents. So, so they had to, you know, completely cordon them off from the rest of the population. Uh, yeah, I think I was just and looking. I think I was putting myself in the issue, going. I don't mind staying because I did stay for one month in a hotel on a business trip and you couldn't open the windows, but uh, I had time to go out and do stuff. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking if I had to stay in that hotel 24 hours for 14 days, that would have been quite intense. I'm an introvert, I think. And 
indoors is not an issue, but fresh air is. And I think that was the only concern I had. Is it comfortable? Is it good for people's health to be locked up like that? that was yeah, can I, as I can imagine, like probably maybe people with like allergies or like um, who are more prone to like asthma or respiratory problems, they would probably, um, you know, would find it really difficult, I think. Yeah, there were even stories of people who had uh, some kind of trauma or depression and anxiety mm. that they were finding it extremely difficult, uh, claustrophobic yeah. kind of feeling. So I think yeah. it's important for if anyone else, if anyone's um, who's listening from overseas and they're planning their trip back, um, if you have got any existing conditions or ailments, you must let uh, the authorities know when you land, just like how Teresa did informing others, um, the authorities and the airport crew on, on the issue. So then they have and they can make uh, proper arrangements when you land and then in the hotel. Um, so that, that was good. Um, just to bring this whole episode um, to an end eventually, uh, looking at the whole scenario of the pandemic, what countries and people are going through, um, the, yes, the quarantine experience, uh, people losing jobs, um, the economic bloodbath that people are expecting in expecting to come in the future in the month of perhaps June, July. Um, how, how have you molded your thought around the whole issue, your outlook, your perspective, and finally your message to the, to the world? I think um, I understand that this um, pandemic has been really, really hard on everyone. And like from the news, I hear like, you know, there are like record cases of people suffering from anxiety, um, you know, and stress about like what the future is going to be like. I think for like the past year or so, there have been talks about the fact that we were um, heading into a recession. And I think the fact that, you know, we had the bushfire um, earlier this year, and then we had this pandemic as well. It just probably brought that like home really, really quickly and in a very devastating way that has never happened before because before when there was a recession you know people were still you know could still um, travel you know they were still buying oil you know like getting petrol but now all the airlines have like stopped you know this has never happened in our lifetime before now I guess it's more important for us to just um, connect um, with our friends with our family so whether it's like through video social media but I think within ourselves as well like um, asking ourselves what is it is really important to us. So this could be a good way for us to reevaluate our goals. You know, like what are your <clears throat> plans for the future? Like once this pandemic is over, how are you going to live your life a little bit more meaningfully? Because once you've had everything stripped from you, now you're like left with the basics. And I think it's a good time to just reevaluate life and, find out what's really important. And when I go to like the park now, you know, I see so many more families, um, you know, like just exercising, um, exercising together. And it's really nice to watch, you know, because it's something new has grown out of something that's devastating as well. And um, maybe just finding joy in what little that we do have. Well said. And any message for those who are about to get into a hotel quarantine? How, what, what's your, what is your top five tips for them? who are sitting in the airplanes going, no, I can't do this. What is your... <laughs> uh, my top five tips. Oh, my God. 
make sure you have your, I don't know, your iPad, your, I don't know, your digital media, like all fully charged or your apps, maybe try. And uh, I think a lot of people are like taking up knitting or all those like needlework, like candy craft kind of like projects. I, I actually really enjoy that. Um, sometimes I feel like just swiping on social media, it, it gets a little bit repetitive. So I like working with my hands and it's very meditative as well maybe don't eat too much junk food while you're in quarantine like you know yeah and, and just eat healthy and uh try and just stay connected to your friends and family and take each day as it comes and stay positive yeah and i think um uh, one, one thing that i found was quite helpful was actually um practicing gratitude at the end of each day so um for me um when i was in hotel quarantine so that was uh one uh, the fact that i didn't have to cook that was a big um, gratitude plus factor. Uh, secondly, um, was the fact that my hotel quarantine was free. So everything is paid for by the government or the food, the transport. Um, and also like my tests, um, COVID-19 tests that I took, that was free as well. Um, whereas in some countries, like say, I think the US, which doesn't actually offer public health care, actually would have cost a lot of money. Just before we wind up, uh, where can people buy your incredible jewelry from? Uh, so they can find us um, online. So it's aurevoilefi.com. I know it's a bit of a handful, but it's um, aurevoil, A-U-R-E-V-O-I-R. And then um, it's lefi, so L-E-S-F-I-L-L-E-S.com. And yeah, that's where they can um, shop online from us. Yes, I'll put that in the uh, podcast episode um description as well so you can click and it'll take you directly there i think people in unison across the world are asking any discounts oh we have a loyalty program so if you actually sign up to our loyalty program you start to earn points just simply by signing up and i think you can get like five or ten dollars um off um, each purchase and we also do um, free shipping for any orders over a hundred dollars there you go guys and ladies you've got a jewelry store open australian uh, run by an incredibly hardworking, positive, thoughtful, meditative entrepreneur. And Mother's Day is coming up, I believe. Yes. Yeah. So this is the time to get some jewelry. Thank you so much for joining, Teresa. We really appreciate your time and you sharing all your thoughts about life and, and your time in, in the hotel. I'm sure you've made some friends as well from, from that hotel, the nurses and doctors we know. We hope that you have a, a wonderful life ahead and that you grow and grow and grow. And I'm, I feel that you will come back on the show again and we'll talk about something else. You know, we'll talk about business and entrepreneurship or, or something. So thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. So I'm um, so happy to be here.